girl. This is Miyoshi Walker, and you're listening to the Girl Good Grief podcast, where we share stories of navigating through grief, life lessons, and relationships. Girl Good Grief is about me defining how you don't have to settle in sorrow or your pain or your grief. My message is not limited to a gender or a socioeconomic boundary or one thing or one person. Girl Good Grief is a euphemism of good God, and we can navigate the challenges of grief by trusting God every step of the way. So why don't you join me on this journey as I share my real life stories of how I navigated through these difficulties and how I'm learning to cope with the grief and how I allow God to transform me into a brave woman of faith. By doing this, I begin to think different, live different, speak different, believe different and trusting him along the way. So we believe grief comes in all forms of life, but you don't have to navigate them alone. You can be inspired to shift your mindset to trusting God through the process of grief, no matter what that looked like. On this podcast, this is where we're trusting God through the process. Welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to speak about working through the layers of grief with the highlight reel of the grief cycle. So we'll discuss what it is to navigate through stages of grief and the grief cycle that we might experience going through grief. So let's get started. So I spoke about the five stages of grief that an individual can go through. No particular order that it can happen in. Um, So the five stages that I spoke of is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And remember, these are in no particular order. So these are the stages of grief that was given to us by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. How she did a, a study of showing how people typically go through stages of grief. And so these five things was outlined before in a previous podcast. So Of all these five stages, you know, they can become part of our lives during the process of grief. However, these emotions are not just limited to one experience or one person. So let's tie the layers of grief that we go through and let's think about the ones that we already spoke about that I already spoke about. Um, I spoke about the new normal in episode three. And I spoke about what grief has taught me in episode two. So those can be layers of grief that we definitely go through because of trying to get back to the normalcy of life, of trying to understand like what that looked like. And then what grief has taught you, that is just up to the particular person of the individual of what they're going through and what it has taught them. So if you go back and if you haven't heard the other um, podcast on the other episodes, feel free to go back to listen to those two, because I feel like it it's in relation to the layers of, you know, working through the layers of grief. So today I'm going to add the grief cycle. You know, we all go through a grief cycle or most of us go through a grief cycle when we go through things. And so what is a grief cycle? So a grief cycle is experiencing and cycling the five stages of grief over and over and over. But, you know, typically these are part of the framework that makes up us learning to live with our loved one, without our loved one, I'm sorry, and in that loss. So 
these are the tools that just help us frame and identify what we might be feeling as we're going through the five stages of grief or this grief cycle. So don't get me wrong. Everyone doesn't go through all the stages or in a prescribed order. So remember, grief is just as unique as you are. Grief is not the same for anyone. So grief can just come as unique as you are. It's not a certain order. It's not a certain stage. It's not a certain cycle. So whatever that is for you, that's what it looked like. So grief is different for everyone. And grief can range from um, a variety from anger to sadness to numbness to depression to denial. But everything can have you feeling invalid at points. And in spite of how you feel or in spite of how raw our feelings may be, um, it may cause intense to our emotions, you know. So before we dive further into the topic of the grief cycle, I want to discuss some other models or stages that may occur during this grief cycle. And those two are the type of loss and the grief process. So let's discuss the type of loss. You know, some of us may experience, um, as we know, Grief comes in all forms, but most people associate grief with sadness or death of a loved one. But grief comes in many other losses. So it can be uh, any type of loss. So grief can a type of loss of grief can come in a breakup or losing a home or a job or, you know, perhaps being diagnosed with an illness or going through a relationship that you know, that has hurt you or et cetera. But all of these situations can lead to feeling of a loss and add to another, another layer of just completely just going through anxiety and other things that, you know, might leave us in a state of where we don't know what to do or how to handle it or how to process it. And, you know, and if we can't process it properly, um, I do believe that therapy and counseling, you know, could address those issues to help you navigate and cope through those things to get you where you need to, as long as as well as relying on God in faith. So let's talk about the grief process. That's the type of loss. So let's talk about the grief process. The grief process, it take you, it may take time for you to grieve. And, you know, so allow yourself to do this in your own unique way. It's not a certain way that you have to process it or that you have to be complete with grieving because grieving is different from everyone. As I, I, as I always state, grieving is definitely different for everyone. I don't care what you go through or what you experience. Your grief is not my grief and your pain is not my pain because, you know, that's just not possible. So let's remember, you know, if we can't cope with it properly to please seek professional assistance and, you know, go to God ultimately and pray to him and, you know, let him know how you feel. And because, you know, grief can be significantly impacted to your life. And, you know, you don't have to do this alone. We can all, you know, have someone or have someone to help us through and cope through those things that we go through as we are grieving. And so as I was writing out some things, I came across, you know, um, something that a psychologist came up with for grieving during a grieving process or grieving stage. And it's the tear model, T-E-A-R. And so that, that stuck out and I was like, oh, wow, you know, how can this relate to what, what's going through grief or the stages of grief that we might go through? So the tear model is T to accept the reality of loss, 
E is to experience the pain of the loss. A is to adjust to the new environment without the loss person. And R is to reinvest in your new reality. So I was like, okay, well, how can this relate to this? And how can I break this down? And, you know, it definitely wasn't a full explanation. So I just definitely had to pray and just say, God, just, you know, lead and guide me through this. And, you know, how I can break down this tier model um, since I came across it. And so these can become tasks that we can get used to in the process of healing. And, you know, we begin to apply them over and over and over to our grieving process. But at the same time, we don't have to continue to go through that grief cycle, no matter what we're going through. We can we can fully rely on God. I always call that my frog method, fully relying on God, because no matter what I go through, no matter what the situation is, I know that I can fully rely on him. So let's talk about the T and the T of the tier of, of the model. So T is to accept the reality of the loss. Oh, this can be a real hard one. So for me, my story, as I stated before, the reality of the loss is just like, so surreal because it's like you know everything is normal one day and next thing you know the next day is like totally different the absence of that person the absence of your loved one you don't get to do the same things that you normally get to do or speak about or you know indulge in that you do every day you know those things of perhaps having coffee or just having that daily conversation or just laughing or going places or, you know, family things. So, you know, accepting the reality of the loss can be difficult. This can be a hard one, but it doesn't have to be hard, you know, going through the process because we definitely can, um, you know, grieve and go through the process. But to accept the reality of the loss, you know, it can be a hard one because, you know, going through the process of planning the funeral service or, or a memorial or perhaps just speaking about or thinking about the person in the past tense, you know, you begin to think of the difficulty of that loss and accepting the reality because I know during the process of me planning my daughter's homegoing service, that was very difficult for me to definitely process that, you know, she was actually gone and that's the reality reality of that she's not here. And so, you know, even with speaking about her or a situation in the past tense, you know, whether it's, you know, if someone asks me how many kids do I have, you know, do I say five or do I say four? But I've just said, I've learned to just say five. And I speak of her as if she is and she is and was. So, you know, um, that can be the reality to accepting the reality of a loss that, you know, actually like, wow, this person is not here anymore. So actually, overall, it's accepting the reality of the significant loss of a loved one or, you know, the situation that we may be going through or experiencing, you know. Um, so we just need to know that, you know, the reality of the loss, you know, Sometimes some of us can experience it on a basic level and, you know, we accepted the reality of the loss. But some of us may experience it on a deeper level that, you know, that it hasn't been accomplished until we fully accept the loss of that loved one. Or as we're going through that that situation or that thing that we're we're having to accept the, accept the reality of that loss. And so, you know, that can be a tasking 
a process to deal with. But when we trust God through the process and we lean and depend on his word and we know that he is there with us and that he will comfort us and that he will give us the peace that we desire if we allow him. But if we hold on to it without opening our hearts and opening our minds to be acceptive of it, you know, that's how we can remain stuck in the denial of the reality of the loss of our loved one. So the second thing is the E in tear. And the E stands for the experience, the pain of the loss, you know. And so the scripture that I have in reference is Psalms 147 and three. It says he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So that is definitely good news to know that he healed the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And so with that, you know, I know it comes in time and I know it's not immediate thing, but if we allow God to heal us, he will heal the brokenhearted and bind up our wounds. You know, so all I'm thinking of is, you know, something that a a sore or something that is being sewn up and he's bounding it up and he's um he's healing the brokenhearted. So instead of trying to identify all of our countless lists of emotions of grief during this time, each person and each loss will mean working through a range of emotions as we experience this pain of the loss of our loved one. So we need to identify, you know, the list of our emotions during this time and be real and open with ourselves and, you know, really, um, you know, speak to God about, you know, what we're feeling. You know, I'm feeling lonely. I'm very hurt. I'm mad. I'm angry. But I need you to teach me and show me how to deal with this issue or problem that I'm going through because I am in despair. I, you know, it's, it's a lot of emotions that we can go through, such as fear, loneliness, despair, hopefulness, anger, guilt. We blame shameful, you know, relief or some countless other emotions that we go through. But we need to know that we can trust God in all the despair that we go through, regardless if it's a loss of a loved one or a marriage or a relationship or a loss of a job, because, you know, we grieve in different ways. So whatever that thing is, know that, you know, we need to express those emotions and we need to speak our feelings of what we're feeling at the time, because those emotions will change throughout the time. And over time, you know, one day you might feel good or you might have a week of feeling where you're good. And then, you know, all of a sudden a, a wave of emotions come one day and you're just in a rut and you're feeling really down and out. So, you know, know where to put those emotions and how to process them and speak about them and talk to God about them. And then if there's too much to cope with, that's when I, I do agree on. I do believe, you know, seeking professional help, whether it's with a, a therapist or a counselor to help you process and talk through it and help you cope with it and how to deal with it. So we need to understand that the emotions in order to work through them. So we need to really, you know, navigate through, you know, understanding those emotions so that we can work through them and that we can heal and that we can be able to, you know, go on day to day because it's a day to day process. You can't think about things that's further down the line. We have to think in, you know, in the present of, you know, how can I handle this emotion today? How can I get through, you know, feeling this way today and just take it one day at a time. And so where the danger comes in, it, it comes in denying your feelings and avoiding them. And so this is this can take place because the discomfort of the reality of the death of the loved one, that they're gone. 
And most of us don't want to deal with the difficulty of the emotions that come with it. So therefore, you know, that's how it can become difficult of really coming into reality of that, you know, that they're gone. And so with that, we move to number three, the A, we need to adjust the new environment without the, the, the loss of our loved one. And so for me, what that looked like was, you know, how do I go on living day to day of not seeing my daughter or having my daughter there? And so I had to definitely adjust. It was definitely and I'm still adjusting because it's definitely, you know, not the new normal for me, even though it's reality, if that makes sense. You know, I had to adjust the environment because as I stated before, I was able to call and say, hey, can you go pick up this from the store or can you make this salad or have you did this? But, you know, now it's like I had to train myself. You know what? She's no longer here. I can't call her. I can't, you know, ask her to do these things. So the loved one presence is missed, you know, certainly missed. And, you know, this can mean different things for different people, depending on the relationship of the person who has died. So this is a readjustment that can happen, you know, that takes place over a period of time. But this can require some internal. This definitely requires internal adjustments instead of and external adjustments and spiritual adjustments. To be honest, you know, this this is an internal, external and a spiritual thing because Definitely on the internal, that's where we have to, you know, work through our emotions and be honest with ourselves of how we feel and where we're feeling. And then the external, what I mean by that is the external adjustments is, you know, the day to day life living or just maybe how I'm carrying my grief. You know, maybe that's affecting my family and it's not my family is not, you know, doing or being its best by me not doing that. But I need to make sure that my external and internal adjustments are in the line and not saying that I have to do it quickly, but knowing that it can affect my family and knowing that it can possibly affect my marriage or my relationship with my other children. You know, I, I definitely had to ask God to, you know, help me cope through this. And then with my spiritual adjustment is definitely like fully hanging on the hem of Jesus garment. It's like, I cannot, I cannot process this. I need you to help me cope through this. I need you to help me get through this of understanding this new thing that I'm going through. So, you know, with that, you know, it's different for different people. The roles may change, you know, say, for instance, if someone lost a husband, you know, your role have changed by maybe perhaps taking care of the house picking the children up from daycare or paying bills or cooking, you know, things that you shared duties with. And now that you're taking on that role or other things may be just like maybe living along or doing things along or perhaps just, you know, redefining yourself, you know, because you're used to living and having that relationship with the other person. And so you guys have moved in sync with each other. You have daily routines. And so that's, that's probably difficult to adjust in a new environment, you know, when you lose a loved one or when you become widowed. Um, and this model may take place. It may take time, but it's possible when we fully rely on God through the process. If if we allow him to 
take us, as I stated, day by day to cope with those things and know how to maneuver and to just really trust in him and know it's not going to happen overnight, not even a week, maybe not, not even a month. You know, they I hear and read that grieving can be a lifelong thing. But I think with God, he can show us and he can, you know, heal us in a way that, you know, they're not forgotten, but how we can cope and trust him and live on and live on with their legacies. So the fourth thing is, R, reinvest your new reality. So this process can be so mind staggering. I was thinking as I, I wrote that, I was like, oh my God, this can be like the unbelief, the new reality, like, whoa, like, like, whoa, reinvest a new reality. Like you don't want to let those things go of the loved one that you have and then having to come into this new reality of reinvesting all over these things of what you are accustomed to and comfortable with. You know, a lot of us individuals are very comfortable in our comfort zones. So attempting to do just basic things in this new life, you know, or attempting to do the new reality of the new normal, you know, of the thing and just accepting that and realizing that, our loved one isn't going to return. So move on with life. What? Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. So, you know, for me, what that looked like for me in the new reality was first, I felt guilty and I felt guilty in times of like, how do I get to live? I'm I'm her mom. I've lived, you know, a, a life that I feel like, okay, she was young. My daughter was 23. So I felt guilty for, you know, still living. Or even when, you know, we went on a family vacation just to gather our thoughts, you know, I felt guilty about that. But at the same time, God reassured me, you know, what is it that she would want or how Charday would want you to feel, you know, um, to die in Christ is a joyous thing. And so for me, I knew that she was good and she was living better than me. So I asked God to help me process that guilt because I had to reinvest in my new reality or the void that I felt that of her not being present or the emptiness of the loved one, you know, that has died and that you're still living, you know, so that goes with that guilt, you know, um, you definitely feel an emptiness because your loved one has died and, you know, you're still living. So you're, you're feeling definitely a void. And so when you're emotionally relocating, because, you know, knowing that they're not going to walk through that door and you're relocating your feelings and you're trying to process, okay, they're not going to walk through this door and you're not going to hear them laugh or hug them again. It can be a bit overwhelming. But when you begin to reinvest in your new reality and allowing, you know, God to renew you, restore you, reset you in the way that he need to, because as I always state, God already knew about it before it happened. So he know what we're capable of handling and what we're capable of with going through. So we need to know that he has our best interests at heart. And so how to 
How do we reinvest in our new reality? You know, as our grief and emotions become a little more understandable and manageable along the way, day by day, you know, we're willing to, you know, p- possibly adapt and to change over time where we begin to reflect, you know, a better understanding and acceptance of, you know, the reality of the, the loved one not coming back. So when when we reinvest, when we speak about reinvesting, reinvesting meaning invest again and putting in the same place so we need to reinvest our new reality you know whether that's daily or whether that's you know minute by minute whatever is safe and healthy for you because you know the reality as i stated you know we know our loved one is not coming back but we need to reinvest in our new reality of how can we become better do better and be better and allow their legacy to live on And so we need to find appropriate connections with our emotions, as I stated before, during this time. And in order for us to live healthy lives ahead, we need to know that we need to reinvest in our new reality and invest in our well-being, which is our emotions, because the new reality of living is really living meaningfully through the process and allowing our thoughts and memories to emerge to a new thing as we live out their legacies. So. It's like seeing through a new lens that we must live and we must thrive no matter what that we go through because we need their legacy to live and thrive through us that's still living and we still have a purpose to do and we still have things to do that God wants us to do. And so we need to know that we need to, you know, re reinvest in those. And so, you know, sometimes it can be like a sense that life has stopped when that person died and, you know, we think we can resume life in a meaningful way. But in this model, you know, we it can be one of the most difficult to accomplish because, you know, it's like reinvesting in that, you know, it, it can be difficult, but it's possible because anything is possible with God, as his word says. And so each of these models is and can be applied as we navigate our grief. You know, you you may be still working through the process, but find out what work for you because grief definitely is unique for all of us. And so if we're concerned about, you know, being stuck or you know, where we are in our grief or the situation, you know, definitely seek God. Seek God for direction. Seek God for his will to be done. Seek God to know how to navigate this. And or you can, as I stated, seek the additional support from, you know, professionals. So with this grief cycle, you know, we can come from jumping side to side, like in a like that's what I pictured. It, not a lake, but a little river, you know, how you might skip through jumping from side to side, you know, without knowledge and experiencing our feelings. You know, you just la 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 along the way and you're just skipping through from side to side, but you're jumping all over the place, really trying to avoid those emotions. But, you know, one slip and fall, you're drowning. You're drowning. So you you become overwhelmed with emotion you become overwhelmed with this grief and not, you know, addressing the emotions. You know, that's how we can feel like we're drowning. So, you know, we're forever changed by our loss. That will never change, no matter what that loss is, whether it's in death or, you know, a divorce or a job or whatever the situation is. You know, we're forever changed by our loss. So, 
how you change depends on the person you become and the determination you have. You know, if you're determined not to stay in the grief cycle and, you know, jump from side to side and then drown eventually or begin to choke if you fall, slip and fall and become overwhelmed, it just all depends on the person. You know, it just depends on who you are and how you want to, you know, navigate through this and come out of it. But you can come out of it, you know, without feeling overwhelmed or like you're drowning. If you allow God to keep you at the surface and keep you a bay of what it is that you're feeling in your emotions at that time of your grief or whatever the stage that you're experiencing. So, you know, you may come to experience, you know, your, your, a different character or your strength in a different way, or you may become closed or withdrawn, but the choice is up to you. It's just all about the person on how to handle it. And so we all know that grief comes in cycles, you know, so we all know if we lost a loved one, what that can look and feel like. So I imagined like a duck, a duck in a pond that's sitting calmly and you're just gazing and it just look like it's so calm. And above the per- surface, it's looking composed and unruffled. And it's just swimming along, just going along down the pond. But now picture and imagine that the duck feet is just frantically paddling underwater below the surface like crazy, just trying to get to where it's going and trying to navigate to the destination of where it's trying to go. So this depicts the reminder of the work of grief. Grief can be an internal process, but it's hard for outsiders to see, acknowledge and understand. So when we're going through this grief cycle, you know, it reminds me of this duck. You know, you can see it swimming along on the pond, all calm and unruffled. And then underneath, you know, it's frantically paddling, trying to stay afloat and get to its destination. But we don't have to do it that way. You know, I know grief, we're going to experience grief. But the key to it is to understand the nature of the grief, you know. And to know that we will experience the grief cycle. So the key is to understand that, you know, that it comes in waves, just like the ocean waves. You know, one day it can hit hard and wash over us and absorb the person. And then the other day it can be quiet. And then the other day we can be hit hard and unexpected, you know, and become a sword again and so the waves may be like minutes days hours or weeks it just it it just all depends on the person and so going through this cycle you know it it, it does come in waves and it, it it can absorb us and so we know we need to know that no matter what that if we trust in God and we understand that grief is work but grief is an emotion, you know, that we all go through and it, and it looks different for everyone because just like in the Bible, you know, multiple people in the Bible experience loss and sadness, such as Job and Naomi and Hannah and David and even Jesus. He mourned after Lazarus died. 
So if he wept and he know what it is, what it is to feel grief and he was moved by others grief. So Jesus know what we're going through. And he chose to partake in the grief situation to know and sympathize with our weaknesses. So one step in overcoming grief is just having the right perspective on it. First, we need to realize that grief is a natural response to pain and loss. So there's nothing wrong with grieving. And secondly, we need to know that times of grief serve a purpose. So Ecclesiastes 7 and 2 says, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. So this verse implies that grief can be good because it refreshes our perspective on life. And so we need to remember that our feelings of grief are temporary and weeping may endure for a night, but joy does come in the morning. So there's no, there's absolutely no end to grief, but grief has its purpose and it also has its limit. But through it all, even though we grieve, God is faithful no matter what we go through. God is faithful. And so he's seen us in the valley of the shadow of death and we can count it all joy because in Psalms 56 and 8, it says, you have kept count of my tossings, my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? So this is a touching image that I just imagine when I read that verse that God is catching our tears is a full meaning. He sees our grief. He knows what it's like. And he's he's keeping our tears in a bottle. So at the same time, he reassures us that it is not all a loss. And he reminds us to be still in him and knowing that he is God and that he's our refuge and that he works all things together for the good of those that are called to him. So it's important to overcome grief in expressing it to God. Because with God, he makes all things possible. And when we commune with him, we are able to open our minds to the truth that he loves us and that he is faithful and that he's in control and that he know it's going to work out for our good no matter what. It might not seem like it right now, but it is going to work out for our good. And another step of overcoming grief is to share with others, you know, the body of Christ and, you know, others that need it. Ask God to show you, to lead and guide you on when to do it if you don't know when to do it, you know. So grief is part of the human experience. So grief is part of life no matter what. Grief is a natural response to loss. So we have to have hope in Christ and know that he is strong enough to carry our burdens because if we give it to him and he cares for us, I find solace in the Holy Spirit, our comforter, knowing that he has me covered. And in grief, we can cast our burdens on him and rely on him and those who we put in place, the the community of the church and other organizations and groups to help us cope through. So in closing, grief work is major and it's, ex- it's an expender to both of you know, our physical and emotional energy. So as individuals, we need to require to just do the work of 
expressing our emotions. You know, we need to cope and adapt with those things of reality of knowing that our loved ones has passed away. And as life or crisis come or major life changes come, you know, it depends on how we react to the loss or through the things we're going through. So each person can adapt by coping strategies and utilizing the challenges we face by allowing God to do the work within us. So we need to know that God will heal us and he will help us through the process and that, you know, we can we can make it through no matter what. We can overcome grief one day at a time if we trust and rely on God. And so we need to know that no matter what, he is there and he's he's working all things out for our good that he has called. And so God knows and he definitely sympathizes with our weaknesses, according to Hebrews. So we need to know that no matter what, in times of need, that God will be there and he will help us through. And no matter what that grief look like or that grief cycle we go through, that God is faithful and he will be there no matter what. If you trust him, if you seek his word and obtain a relationship with him. So I conclude today's um, podcast, but I want to leave you with this. To just continue to trust in God, no matter what it looked like, no matter where you are in your grief, no matter if you're going through a grief cycle, no matter where it is or what you're going through, that he will help you through many blessings. Thank you for listening. And for additional information, you can find the Girl Good Grief community on Facebook. I will leave a link in the show notes. Or you can reach me by email at girlgoodgriefpodcast at gmail.com. Please like our Facebook page. And also, please share, download, and leave a review on Girl Good Grief listening platforms. Have a good rest of your week. Many blessings.